All right, so we want to get right to this yeah. this guy, this important member of Congress. One of our congressmen from Wisconsin, Congressman Glenn Grothman, joins us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Good morning, Congressman. Hi. Good morning. Just got back in Washington this morning. All right, so I guess the big question, you were dead right last week. You said this would be not an easy process. Well, how easy or uneasy is the process going to be this week? Well, we'll see. Uh, so your listeners know. What should happen, what has always happened with the Republican Party and the Democrats as well, the Republicans meet in their own room, they take a vote, and the winner of that vote, all the Republicans get together and vote for Speaker. Okay? That's the most important rule, the most important vote up here. Well, a couple weeks ago, uh, a guy, for personal reasons we all believe, um, Matt Gates decided to remove Kevin McCarthy from his seat as Speaker. He got seven other Republicans to go along with him. So eight Republicans plus whatever were there that day, 211 Democrats, removed Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker, who, from what everybody could tell, was doing a fairly good job. When he took over, we were in the minority. He had two sessions in a row in which we picked up seats. And had led us through a variety of very conservative votes, both on the budget and on the southern border. But, again, I think largely for personal reasons, and you have 221 Republicans, you're always going to get some people who don't like them. Eight people kicked them out, despite the fact that 213 were satisfied with them. Okay. So Kevin says, I resigned as Speaker. I'm not going to try to stay Speaker any longer because these eight people are dug in. The Democrats are dug in. I'm gone. So they had a new vote uh, with the number two guy the Republicans have, Steve Scalise. I don't want that trouble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Steve Scalise, who was from Louisiana. He got a given amount of fame when he was shot a few years ago um, after Donald Trump was elected president. And Jim Jordan, who is famous for doing some of the investigations on the Bidens, and is just a general fiery conservative, okay? So they took a vote, and Steve Scalise won that vote, close but won. And again, by tradition, all the Republicans stick together and declare uh, declare him the victor, and we go to the floor, and he wins. Well, lo and behold, an undetermined number, let's say somewhere around 15 Republicans, who didn't come out publicly but privately said, I'm not going to vote for Steve Scalise which is kind of weird. Steve Scalise is more conservative, I think, than Kevin McCarthy. He had done a good job around here as the number two or high up in leadership for the last 10 years. So, uh, But for some reason, people break the golden rule and won't vote for Steve Scalise. So now we're on to Jim Jordan, uh, who has normally been considered kind of a super conservative rebel around here. But all of a sudden, Jim Jordan becomes the choice of the establishment. So why would we assume anything would be easier for Jim Jordan when, when he had less votes than Scalise had in the straw well, poll? That's a good question. That's yes. a good question. And I, and I know Jim just personally a lot better than I know Scalise. I voted for Jim. But it's, there's a good question as to why now the establishment did not want Scalise, clearly did not want Scalise, wanted Jordan. And... Uh, so there was another vote in which somebody else, Austin Scott from Georgia, who a lot of people didn't know that much, ran against 
Jim Jordan and got like 81 votes, which is kind of a surprise to the establishment. But the uh, majority of regular old Republicans are mad because the people who took out McCarthy and wouldn't vote for Scalise and broke the rules all want Jim Jordan. So there are a lot of people out there who say, hey, wait a minute, they're breaking the rules. Uh, I'm not going to give them what they wanted. They took another vote last week, and 55 Republicans in a paper ballot vote uh, said that if we go to the floor this week, they will not support Jim Jordan. So we are going to the floor on Tuesday, something they didn't do for Steve Scalise. I will vote for Jim Jordan, but... (laughs) There's um, the but. What's going to happen? There's the but. You have 55 people, and they think they can put pressure on them to publicly support Jordan, either because, A, the Republicans look like fools and it's time to elect a new speaker, or, B, uh, Jim Jordan is a very popular conservative with the Republican base, and they feel that maybe there are people who privately would vote against Jim Jordan who publicly will be afraid to do that and vote for him. So we will see of those 55 how many are still voting no tomorrow for Jim Jordan. And if they, if there are still at least five Republicans who are going to vote no, then there's a rumor that the interim speaker, who was appointed by Kevin McCarthy, Patrick McHenry from North Carolina, would be given more power to pass bills that have to be passed. I mean, right now we should be doing something with regard to what's going on in, in the Middle East. And we can't do that until we get a speaker. So I think that's the fallback position, my guess, is tomorrow. Is there, First of all, those, go ahead. Is there anybody, anybody that would act as kind of like a jury foreperson that just gathers everybody together and says, we're never getting out of here until we come to some kind of common ground. This is ridiculous. Well, I, I, the, people do suggest things. The obvious thing to do would be to name Steve Scalise the Speaker and Jim Jordan, the majority leader, which is the number two position, because then Jim would have a very important position he didn't have before, and Steve Scalise would be the leader. That's the obvious thing. But we're told that Jim Jordan will not go for that. And part of the part of what's going on here in the background, I don't know if it makes the paper, is for whatever reason, reasons I haven't discerned, Kevin McCarthy and Patrick McHenry, his uh, his designated interim. Um, don't like Steve Scalise <laughs> for whatever reason. Nobody know. I don't know why. So, I'm trying to find out why, but that's part of what's going on. So, Congressman, for Republicans like me, who just want to see a speaker elected, serve in the role, get things done, you understand that we are frustrated as voters and as constituents when we are now just spinning our wheels at a time, you know this probably better than anybody else, there's a lot of really important stuff that we should be doing right now. None of that's getting done. Well, I, I have said, I, first of all, I did vote for Kevin McCarthy. I did vote for Steve Scalise. Uh, I mean, I said I would vote for Steve Scalise if they put his name on the floor, and I have voted for Jim Jordan. So, you know, I realize very much that we have to have somebody there and get it done. Um, but for whatever reason, they haven't. Uh, it's very frustrating, and it comes, quite frankly, from years of lacking discipline up here, people not understanding that you absolutely positively have to vote for the elected person for speaker. And what happens when you don't discipline people who do obviously wrong things? 
those wrong things continue and even get worse. And Con- that's what's going on. Congressman, right can you hold through the break real quick? We've got a couple more sure. questions for you. All right, Congressman Glenn Grothman joining us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Carol and Steve, Monday on WTMJ Now. Let's get back to the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Our, our guest this hour, part of this hour, is Congressman Glenn Grothman, who just got back into Washington, D.C., Congressman, I can I could read them, but I'm not going to read them. I'm going to, I'm going to put them all in, into one quick statement here. I, I'm hearing from a lot of my Republican friends on the text line, and they're saying basically, "Can you just get it done so we can get? We're losing votes for president for other elections. This is why Republicans lose elections." I'm paraphrasing a lot of this stuff. It just is not a good look. So who's going to be the the ringleader or the or the master here that says, "You know what? Let's let's this is what we're going to do and get enough people to agree." Who's going to be that person? Well, I think Kevin McCarthy, who was kicked out, has been appearing in the room more often and is kind of ordering people to uh, vote for Jim Jordan. I think it's a little surprising because, of course, I think a lot of my, a lot of your listeners consider Jim Jordan as the rebel Republican Mm -hmm. and the super conservative. But right now it's apparent the establishment is doing all they can to put pressure on people to vote for Jim Jordan. Who's the establishment? Define establishment for me. Well, I would say I would say Kevin McCarthy. Okay. Kevin okay. McCarthy and and, and uh, his folks, and uh, that's kind of interesting. It's kind of a turnaround because I thought about a month ago, Jim Jordan was the rebel, but right now they clearly uh, clearly want him in there tomorrow, and maybe they'll get it, and maybe they won't. If they don't, I think the show will go on because I think they will find a way to get Patrick McHenry, the interim person more power so that we can pass bills regarding Israel or continue down the road of the appropriations. Are you are you at least optimistic? Because it's exhausting for us, Congressman. It's exhausting to be here and look at (laughs) and disappointing because, you know, three times they should have been able to vote on the floor for somebody who was elected. And it's possible for the for the third time within the last 10 days or two weeks um, the person who is duly elected by a majority of the conference will not be recognized by a given number of rebels. Congressman, do you expect, if J- Jordan says he's going to go on the floor tomorrow, force a vote tomorrow at noon, even if he doesn't have the votes, if you go to this interim model, Representative McHenry, what do you know about him? What kind of role, other than at least allowing you to do the work of the, of the people of this country, what do you know about Representative McHenry? Well, he uh, is kind of a button-down uh, mainstream sort of guy. Uh, he's from North Carolina. He's big on the Financial Services Committee. I think Financial Services is a very important committee, uh, whether most people run or get to Congress because they want to do it in financial services. I don't know how many people that is, but, but that's what he does, raise a lot of money. Um, kind of like a button-down guy, not a lot of humor there. Do you get the sense that um, when and if they get a speaker elected either tomorrow, whether that's a, some sort of a, a delayed vote for an interim position, that we will see some important work being done on the continued resolution or yes. spend, spending yes. for Ukraine or Israel? Right. I think what's going to happen is if McHenry gets in there, I think within a, well, immediately almost, maybe the next day, they'll be doing something with regard to Israel. With regard to Ukraine, I think that's going to take a while longer, but I would think within a week they'll be doing something. Any fears that this delays or actually leads to a shutdown of government after the 17th of November? 
Well, no, because they're not going to wrap things up by the 17th of November anyway. You know, con- uh, the House can get their business done, but right now we don't have really anything coming over from the Senate. And after they do that, they have to meet in a room and decide the Senate gets what they want here, the House gets what they want there. So I'd be surprised if they finish by that time, which just means they'll have to pass another continuing resolution, which is not unusual. I mean, since I've been here, I think most annual budgets are voted on the week before Christmas. Everybody promises that that's not going to happen this time, but it wouldn't surprise me if it happens that way again. Well, Congressman, I, I wish you luck. I hopefully they'll have a, a resolution this week. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not that optimistic, and you weren't either when we talked to you uh, last week. So I wish you luck in the endeavor. I, yep. I have no idea at this moment who is going to be the speaker or if it's going to be interim speaker, but at some point we got to get the work done. Okay. Right. Okay, very good. Thank you, Congressman Bye. Greg Grothman, joining us from Washington, <laughs> D.C. I don't know that I feel any more optimistic no, than I did it, before the conversation. I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out of this chair before we go to news, and I'm going to beat my head up against the wall because that's going to be less Don't painful. Don't do that. Don't well, do that. It's going to be less painful than what he just described to me. One of the reasons I have Congressman Grothman on is because he, he, he senses what's going on in this country. And I could have read 20 texts oh, from Republican voters who are saying, we look like idiots. Here. Oh, God, yeah. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I didn't because it, I want it to take too much time. They sound like five-year-olds. Again. This is not, this is not the way this this office of speaker has been convoluted to the point where it's it's just silly. It's it's a it's almost it's just an administrative position that's now been so hyper partisan to death yeah. that you have battles like this every time. It doesn't need to be that way. Where's the clown car? Where is the clown? Maybe Benny Hill music would be appropriate. <laughs> I don't have it queued up, but that would be an appropriate use of of that theme song.